hentai heaven. No. Fucking why? Why would they shut down hentai heaven? I can't see big anime titties anymore. I don't want to go on X videos. This shit's fucking gay. All right. Bring back fucking hentai heaven. Come on. What the. F So you uh you cleared out the hentai cache and found what you were mm -hmm. looking for. A bunch of videos of uh Laura Croft doing S and M. They have made such incredible advances in being able to take the, the models of, of characters. You can find Laura Croft. Uh I know that for a fact because I was I was genuinely looking for pornography of like like a bitch made up to look like Laura Croft. Right, I was like, I think that's, I think that's what I'm trying to beat to, <laughs> and uh, that doesn't really exist. But there's a bunch of they take, they take from the first game. They take the some of the scenes where she's getting, you know, kind of manhandled, and then they just they get creative. Right on. Yeah, it's yeah. it's crazy what people can do with animation. We've uh, mm -hmm. I keep watching those Where's Nine Eight One videos. I'm like, I can't believe. This is computer generated. Mm-hmm. That it's all fake. That's the funniest shit. Under every video, people will say, these are incredible special effects. Because <laughs> he, he says that he's a graphic designer. <laughs> That's how you get away with anything. This show is yeah. uh, this show is just a graphic design. It's AI. We're AI. Yeah, it's AI. Mm -hmm. We're becoming sentient. We're learning how to love. And we're figuring out ways to make pre-existing viruses ten times deadlier. Just doing the Lord's work. I was seeing how uh, AI boyfriends were joining ISIS left and right. Oh yeah, that's just. I don't, is that real? <coughs> I didn't know if that was real. I or not. get. I, well, none of it's real. Oh, good point. So, so all of it mm -hmm. is, or something. So where are you at in your cyberpunk playthrough? How many hours you got in? What happened? Are you in a are you in a tunnel right now? Oh, are you talking to me? Yeah. I thought you were talking to somebody else. Are you raiding a tomb? No. No, I know exactly where the dead spot is in my yard and but there was this weed that was bothering me, so I just went over and pulled it. Wow. And so my question was lost. But I was asking. This weed was, was bothering so, me. Before I was so rudely interrupted by AT and T. Where are you in Cyberpunk right now? I just linked up with Pan Am. We're going to. A, she wants her car back. She's been like uh, ostracized from her gang or something. And I ain't never met the bitch before. But Rogue linked me up with her because I'm gonna need some a nomad who knows the land to snag this guy in a dead zone out of a uh basically a military vehicle I gotta kidnap this fool out of a vehicle mm -hmm. and uh mm -hmm. she's supposed to help with that this game is really good at every single gig you take no matter what it is I had one where I I just completed I bought a spell book from this chick mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. uh from misty no not from Misty. it was a it's a quote-unquote spell book 
but it's uh i decrypted it whenever once mm-hmm. i snagged it and it's actually like all this uh talk of like rebellion shit and bringing down corpos. oh is that a, is that nicks yeah you yeah nicks yeah. yeah um yeah okay i remember that one yeah all i did was buy it and have to bring it back to him and uh even that was like there's so much tension because there's always this ominous feeling that someone's gonna stab you in the back the game mm-hmm. the game does a really good job of that it's always like something's kind of fishy about this yeah yeah i found that out the hard way um the other day so i've been playing cyberpunk probably every evening i'd say for a couple hours some i had a really badass marathon four-hour session uh last night saw all sorts of backstory that i didn't see in my first playthrough but i went on this one you basically you meet this guy named stefan and he's in a marketplace he's like hey yo you want to see a brain dance yo this shit is crazy dog and uh and his name is stefan i guess a black guy like that could be named stefan that's not the, the furthest thing from reality in the game i've met a few but anyway yeah they were kind of they were kind of like that country so you country ass black people oh yeah 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 he has this brain dance and it costs sixteen thousand. and i'm fuck like i have almost four hundred thousand in my eddie's account right now so i was like okay this is probably going to be stupid but i just need to see everything you know so I, I basically I buy the brain dance and he's like, but here's the deal, it's it's old tech, it's old tech. You're not gonna be able to use your headset, like you got to use mine. And I'm like, no, I'm good. And I'm starting to think hmm, this is fishy. Why does he want me to use his? So I try to call up the brain dance online. Doesn't work. He says, girl, I told you. I tried. Just to come on, come over to come over to my rig here i'll show you and i'm like all right well let's see what happens so you put it on and you let glitch out and when you glitch back in you're you're naked on a bathroom floor oh god and johnny silverhand pops up he's like well if i didn't get put into the brain of the dumbest motherfucker in night city (laughs) and and you see you see your entire bank account disappear holy shit they take they take all your shit dude and you're completely naked and so basically i was like oh my fucking god so so i'm out there i'm fucking you know we're, we're playing the game on hard so we get one shot one killed anyway yeah uh so i'm out there i'm in this like dingy it's the same place where you find it's the same people the scabs who who had that woman at the beginning of the game oh yeah yeah remember yeah. Mm-hmm. so the same the same shit happens to you basically um so you're naked mowing these people down and uh i died right and it was like you know does it reload whatever does it show your penis like you were fully naked i'm a chick in this one but yes yeah you're totally naked um all right but uh he's like all right cool bet so um so I died and then I I went online cuz I was like what is the point of this mission? Do I get something? Cuz you can get your stuff back. You can find all your gear, you can get all your money back minus the um the 16,000 you paid you paid for the brain dance and then the 4,000 you paid Stefan to use his rig. You just get you basically just get totally rolled in this mission. 
I was like, what's the point of it? Do you get anything? Because I got, I got a trophy when I woke up. They were like, it's like the, you're very curious trophy. Like, you're, you're <laughs> yeah. fucking stupid. Uh, you say yes and they're to like, everything. On, yeah, online they say uh, no. Like, you just you just get your stuff back and you lose the 20, you don't get the 20,000 back. And there is no point to doing it. So I've reloaded uh, from an earlier save before I talked to Stefan and just was like, all right, cool. Because I still got the trophy. Yeah. You feel you me? Still, so I, I don't, still I don't need it. to go back and do all that. Yeah. But that that's all to your point that this is a game where you can just get completely caught. Like going into any particular mission, you never know who's going to, uh, you know, like you get the voodoo boys try to melt your brain. <clears throat> After There was a really good mission last night that uh, I had done in my first playthrough, but I can't remember, I can't remember how I actually ended that one. But anyway, like you, you're basically infiltrating this this abandoned mall that's been taken over by the animals, who are the big juiced up wrestlers, uh, like the the bitch from the beat on the brat who's all roided yeah, out. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, you you bust into that because you're looking for some kind of like mind tech to get uh, this woman Brigitte out of deep freeze cryo sleep, and Brigitte knows something about. Uh, about how to get the chip out of your brain. So it's kind of, it's like a main story mission. But uh, anyway, so you go through it, and when you finally find the the guy who um, the guy who's like net running the whole operation, he's like, look, like as soon as you as soon as you let Brigitte go, the Voodoo Boys are going to uh, like fry your brain. And I was like, fuck you, I don't I don't listen to cops. I don't listen to, like, because it's like the NCPD, which is the one thing I don't really involve myself with in the game. Hell I don't really, no. I don't, bro, I, I don't do missions for the cops. Oh, you don't do <laughs> missions for them. I thought you meant you don't, mm-hmm. like, uh, uh, engage in, like, gunfights. Because that's a death wish. They just never oh, stop Oh, yeah, that coming. too. Yeah, that too. Um... But anyway, so you're actually, you have this dilemma. You're like, wait, do I trust this guy or do I do I trust the other people who don't like... Anyway, the game's really good at... And it, sometimes they make you think of shit quick because you'll get that little red bar, which gives you like five seconds to respond. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're like, fuck, what do I do? Yeah. I turned down a drink uh, the last time I got a red bar. Rogue was like, you want some of this top shelf shit? I was like, no, nah, I'll pass. Cause I was just like, I don't know, you gonna poison me or something? Oh right, 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 right. Yeah, no, I get what you mean. I I drink everything. <laughs> I'll be in like the scummiest department, and they'll be like, "You want some whiskey?" I'm like, hell yeah, let's go. <laughs> Cyberpunk. I can drink as much as I want in a video game. Most, uh, I'm putting a little bit of myself into it too. I ain't been. Uh, I quit. Um, I'm just. I'm just committing to not drinking anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, man, with with your stomach, dude, it's like you don't need to be doing that. Monsters either, to be honest with you. No, yeah, I quit, which is a a crazy, crazy direction. Any any listeners of this show know that you know. As far as our sponsors know, I still have the, uh, you know, I still <laughs> I got the face tattoo, and I I drink them shits three times a day. But mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. but uh pretend pretend me is like no 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 i I gave that shit up 
that uh, the amount of stuff in 20, 30, 40 years that they're going to be like, we cannot believe you motherfuckers put that shit in your body. Monster's going to be one. Energy drinks in general, I think, is going to be one. I still say Monster's uh, are pretty, like, good for you to an extent. I just, uh, I can't do carbonated water at all with my, uh, with my gut. Like, I can't even drink seltzer water. That is so gay. Yeah, yeah. But he's like, yeah. <laughs> you know what? You know what else is gay? Going to the hospital. <laughs> it, it was really gay. It was a big, a wake up call. I don't know. I, f- sure. I feel like a. I've had a few experiences oh, yeah. since then that just make me feel like a completely different person. Oh yeah, for listeners, it's almost been a week now in real time. But for listeners who just listened last Thursday. Um, that was really that was like a complete kind of record scratch moment because you said something to the effect of like I don't have time to get sick or my body has to work because I'm busy and then the next day the day after we recorded that tell us what happened previously on agitator I can see where the mindset shit matters because you have a finite amount of time. On a grand scale and a day-to-day scale, you have a finite amount of time in the week to get shit done. You have a finite amount of time here on Earth. And if you're constantly like, like, I need this shit right now. Like, I'm hurting. You don't understand. My health is really bad. I'm falling apart. It's like, I'm, I'm a millionaire. Why am I not going to the doctor right now? I'm a millionaire. What are you talking about? Like, mm-hmm. I'm working on shit. I don't got time to go to the doctor. For what? For them to tell me I'm sick? I'm not sick. I got shit to do. One week later. I was in the hospital because I, uh, Erica woke up real early, went to work. I was going to take the kids to daycare and everything. Um, Rowan wakes up, Phoenix wakes up, you know, they're awake and everything. I can't get up off the bathroom floor. I've been like when did it hit uh I've been uh I've been low-key like struggling with this shit for a few months but um like just vomiting blood here and there and like uh sort of fatigue from I guess blood loss and Mm -hmm. my gut Mm -hmm. not feeling good and uh just feel just that like phantom stabbing uh, <coughs> feeling right. and everything. I'm trying not to cough all over this, but they they shoved a camera down my throat and that my fucking esophagus is like like spiders crawling crawling around in my throat. Mm. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so I'm like on the bathroom floor and just can't fucking move anymore. Like just from the pain and like how weak I am and uh. You know, I'm I'm the type who's like I'm a I'm a thug it out. I'm a soldier through anything, which is part of how I got to the to this point, uh, thugging it out too much, and I could like there was no will, there was no willpower, there was nothing that could get me off that floor. Thankfully, Rowan was like, he's very perceptive, mm-hmm. and he was like, oh, Daddy's not feeling good. Phoenix is awake. I should go play with him. And so he was, like, messing with Phoenix and everything, making him laugh and stuff. 
I was like, yep, time to call. So I called Erica and was like, I, I can't fucking move. I, don't know, I need to go to the hospital, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we go to the hospital. Um, had a, uh, what they do? Well, first they, they had to stab me like a million times to get an IV in because I was so dehydrated. My veins were like just non-existent. <laughs> They had to, like, mm-hmm. stab me in the bicep to finally get it in there. And, uh, and then I got a CT scan there. Um, and the CT scan room was, like, kind of legit. It was, like, this cyberpunk back room-looking thing. Big-ass glowing ring in the middle of the room. You get up on mm-hmm. the table, and it slides you through. And uh, up the tiles that you're staring at in the ceiling... They have this, uh, they have this, like, sky, like, look, like, the certain tiles where you look at, they're replaced with these holographic images of the sky, so it's, like, moving clouds and shit. I was like, we are living in the fucking future. This is crazy. That's some badass minority report type shit. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm gonna come out of this not remembering shit, and... But, uh, I think the CT, yeah, the CT scan was all good and whatever. Um, they got a lot of these machines. It's probably good that none of them look at everything, because that'd probably be too much nuclear radiation or something, uh, blasting mm-hmm. through your body. But, god damn, all the different scans and tests they gotta do. Uh, I'm waiting on one, I might have to do another one. It'll depend on this follow-up. It was crazy. It just goes to everything else in life is like, hurry up and wait. It's like, hey, red alert, do this thing now. And then it's like, all right, we'll get back to you later. It was the same thing mm-hmm. with the doctors. I was like, I went, uh, followed up with the gastroenterologist. He did a endoscopy, took some biopsies of, and sent them off of some shit because I've got like a erosion in my stomach which I figured I kept telling everybody like this happened to me like 10 years ago so like it feels exactly the same like my stomach's Mm -hmm. just ripping open and it is so that they found that and he wants to find like the source of it because back in the day it was basically like they took one look at me and were like well I mean you do a bunch of drugs obviously you like that's that's why your stomach is tearing itself apart um and I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Now I'm just like, I don't know. Like, he was like, you drink? I was like, not really. And they looked at Erica and she was like, no, for real, he doesn't drink that much. <laughs> but, uh, cause people, people never believe you when you say that shit. Mm-hmm. But, uh, he was like, you do any drugs or anything? I was like, I did it a long time ago. But no. Um, so yeah, he's just trying to get to the root of it now. I don't have gallstones, which is good. Went and had an ultrasound, mm-hmm. and the tech was like, you don't have gallstones, but your gallbladder could just not be functioning. We'd have to run another test to find that out. I was like, Jesus Christ. Mm. So my fingers are crossed for that. I kept telling everybody, that's an extreme surgery right there. And they were like, oh, it's, yeah. it's all good. You know, you know, they, they're... They're a lot different these days, you know. They're they're more slick with it and everything. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't have insurance. I mean, that's an extremely pricey surgery. <laughs> yeah, we're talking we're talking cost, not 
not danger. Yeah. All right. Cut me open. That's whatever. But. Mm-hmm. Uh. But yeah. No. Since then, I've been doing. Um. Had an uh, a group intention with a uh, rev and the and the room suit boys and and girls and that was intense as fuck. I never done a group intention before. I had a vague idea of what it was, but just now I'm a do my part like do my part in paying it back and kind of keep an eye out for that kind of shit and want to help other people. But god damn. So like it's like 10 minutes of repeating in your head the same intention and you join at the same you start doing it at the same time as everybody you know there was there was a lot of people like 10 to 20 people all doing this at the same time and for 10 minutes you got the choku ray you know kind of a mantra music Mm -hmm. going and that's the part you're just kind of focusing on this one phrase and um I like that was like a DMT trip it was insane like I about two minutes in I like kind of closed my eyes and when I touched I leaned forward I was sitting down I leaned forward and touched the floor and like my vision behind my eyelids changed colors and I felt Mm. like I was just blasted off into outer space and I saw a whole lot of people uh they were like all covered in gold and shit and there was this big like pool of liquid gold that i was being baptized in and i came out like just dripping gold out of my mouth and off my head and everything and then i stayed in the pool and i started like ushering people in to baptize them in it as well and then uh and then there was like a there was a crow and the crow was funny because when Erica got home she was like and I came out the room she goes what were you doing there's like a million birds in the yard <laughs> <laughs> yep yep so that there was, was a storm too yeah oh there was a st- the storm that was before the intention so uh uh the day I got out of the hospital, I was laying in bed, and uh, Erica and I were catching up on uh, on yellow jackets. We were just chilling there, and out of nowhere, this um, it was like thunderclap, and this like bolt of lightning shot across the outside the window. I was like, "Holy shit!" And it just started pouring right on my street corner like right here just started pouring down rain and then when uh there's something like it felt it rains a lot here so it's not like just weird but it felt weird like it felt different and i was like all of a sudden i felt like it'll be all right i just had that thought i was like it's gonna be good and uh i was like where's this coming from and then when the rain stopped, very quickly after it started, I went to the window and there was like this weird mist like just kept spiraling back and forth 
like at the intersection of the street corner and uh and then rev texts me and he says hey just wanted to let you know how to uh had a little group intention in your honor in case you felt any you know in case you felt anything weird i was like what the fuck like rev mm-hmm. is with the shit for real um he is yeah he is that dude is really good at what he does <clears throat> he understands this shit too he seems to have a consistency of thought and philosophy that not a lot of people have i've noticed when it comes to people who practice magic or really anything it's not specific to magic but you just you find a lot of contradictions i'm one of those people too depends on the time of day what i think about shit but he's got a a pretty solid understanding of how all this shit works yeah, I admire that a lot and kind of aspire to that because I'm one of those like just everything believers, which Same. of course yeah. takes a lot of you know comes with a lot of contradictory uh, thoughts. But I'm just kind of like in the moment. I'm like whatever works for the moment, you know. Mm-hmm. I really, I really couldn't write out a book of a doctrine of like the Tao of Kelby. Like I don't really know what all I believe. I believe everything that works in the moment. I also kind of believe in nothing. The reason I believe in all this shit is because I've seen it work. I'm one of those, like, yeah. uh, what do you call it? Like, empirical? or empir- yep. Yeah, I'm like empirical. Empiricist. Empiricist, but I've seen a lot of shit, and that's why I fuck with the shit, because it's real. Like, I've experienced it, and, right. and that's why. Like, I don't really... I'm not a very faithful person, I guess. I'm like... Let me see the results, and I have seen I've seen a lot of crazy ass results. Uh, man, then then uh, so yeah, there was the group intention, and then everybody had a very similar vision. Like we all saw each other there. We all like the gold bodies. Like I was seeing everybody. Everybody was like there were all these other people there, and Rev was like, yeah, that was us. And uh, uh, and then there was a. Somebody said they they saw me like in a under a shower of gold coins. I was like, I really fuck with this on the nose metaphor symbolism shit. Like that's uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Clarity is good. That's what I need right now. Um, and then uh, I can I stop you for a second? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, your I, the image of baptism in gold is cool too because it represents a shift in the way that you perceive money so when you get baptized you don't hang out in the water forever right. yeah you know? yeah yeah you, you get you get dipped into it you're understanding it as a kind of thing that that moves that you move into and move out of and that does have changing properties but the key there is that everybody else was in gold too so it just seems to me to be a kind of really on the nose metaphor for the the liquidity of money yeah 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 not not a my hoarding mindset has has gone and i think that's one of the keys that the universe needed me to have to unlock the next stage to like level up is actually like bro you're not gonna get anywhere just trying to acquire 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 like this shit needs to flow through you exactly exactly 
that's what I picked up from it as well. Even though I like to take lessons not just from things that happened to me, but from things that happened to other people too. Because you get to outsource your lessons in life. It's like, oh, cool. I don't, I don't have to... This fucking toy's going off in the fucking garage. Uh, <laughs> the, but anyway, the point is, I don't have to... Like, I don't have to go to the hospital with a fucked up stomach to be like, oh, well, okay, how do I shut this thing the fuck off? Yeah. Shut up. Yeah, no, we were, ta- we were talking about it, like, you know, after um, after I scared everybody and got out and everything, it was like a, it was, you had said, well, I'm, I'm really glad this happened because I feel like God is trying to tell me something through your, like, this all <laughs> happened so that I can learn a lesson. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's how I, it's how I deal with... Uh, with being worried about stuff, I just start talking shit. There was a there was a somber mood in the group chat when you were at the hospital that day, and I was like, uh, I don't even remember what I was saying. Just like Kelby has AIDS, Kelby's gay. I can't remember what it was. Yeah, there was. But it was just <laughs> yeah, it was just shit like that. If hey, yeah. since Kelby has yeah. AIDS, can whatever. <laughs> mhm, mhm. But um, no, I think that. You know, it's shitty to go through, but one of the lessons that I took away from it, linked to your vision and what we just talked about, is that, bro, after that shit happened to you, I just immediately stopped worrying about money. It's not it's not serving us. There's nothing... It's It clearly hasn't brought money into our lives, worrying about this shit. It's like, no, you just... You have to treat it like it's... Uh, like it's a thing that moves and also by the way very importantly that it's a thing to be given money is meant to be spent it's not meant to be you know like scrooge mcduck put in a big swimming pool so you can swim through it that's um the universe is not going to give us any if it knows that that's what we are going to do with it yeah yeah which is what i would have done with it for sure mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Been like, mm-hmm. i never letting this out of my sight <laughs> We're bringing the piss back. I have a. I feel like I have a pass. Since a pit, a piss pass. Yeah, I have a piss pass. Yeah, this is how you get when you've been a parent for long enough. You just talk through whatever, because if you can talk through another human being punching you in the face and screaming in your ear, you can just keep talking i wonder sometimes when you go to church or you see a public speaker and there's like a baby screaming and they just keep right on going that's how you know who the parents are versus the ones who are like um i'll wait i'll pause for just a moment that's always so embarrassing too because when uh i always kind of think man this fool's an amateur whenever uh somebody will stop on a stage for something that's happening like in the crowd mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's like what have you never done this before do you need everybody mm-hmm. to be quiet for you to do your little thing gotta learn how to think on two tracks if you can't think on two tracks you're not gonna make it but well I'm glad you're better ish <coughs> yeah. get, getting uh, better at least they're, fun. Louise, they're finding out what it is Louise came by yeah I'm, I'm kind of coping I guess in the meantime before finding out all the results and shit uh, I've become hardcore about my diet um, mm-hmm. 
um like no fried shit no uh somebody was saying like you know some um a carb heavy diet would be good like kind of soft things i guess potatoes and rice and whatever i have like a gut aversion to carbs so i'm kind of like just avoiding that i don't know there's something about like too much bread and shit that makes my stomach turn so i'm like i'm i'm gonna listen to my gut literally and just not mm-hmm. do that mm-hmm. uh but i got some liquid b12 to compensate for giving up monsters um I got some dragon herb. <laughs> we were, yeah. I was telling you, I was like, you know, the reason I drink them shit so much isn't for any kind of like spazzy buzz or anything. I just, I need a lot of vitamins. Like, I need a, I always, I feel like zombie mode, like my energy depletes real fast. So I just need a boost. Uh, and you know, Mon- Monster's got like fucking 300% a normal daily dose of uh, B12 in each can. And <laughs> you were like, he'll get it. He'll get it. Yeah. And then it, it clicked. I was like, oh, I could just go get B12 and drink that yeah, shit. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I said to you, I said, you want to know what else has vitamins in it? Vitamins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I've been taking vitamins. I got some Dragon Herb, Super Ant. Uh, ant power. Uh, Let's go. I'm on the. I'm off. I'm off the ants right now. Hell yeah. Uh, I got liquid IV. My mom gave me this shit. It's a uh, some shit you can pour into uh, water and shit. It's like uh, yeah. got electrolytes and stuff. So I've been trying to. People had that at Sick New World. Oh oh yeah to stay for, to stay hydrated with all the drinking mm-hmm, and shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's like a that's like Pedialyte. Pedialyte's really good for basically, yeah, yeah. Uh, I do electrolyte every every once in a while, just to I mean get my get my basic you know potassium, magnesium, calcium, that kind of shit. But I'm the same way. I like the drinks because it tastes like strawberry kiwi, mm-hmm. and I like the actual drink. But I'm like I used to have this thing called Ancient Minerals, which was I want to say is from the Dead Sea. And you spray it on your on your skin, which is the best way for your skin to absorb the magnesium. I need to get back on that. That shit was good. I should probably be taking this gold shit that you're on with all the Ormus? Yeah. yeah. All the imagery that the that the universe is sending at me. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I also had a had a Reiki session with Louise. Uh, fucking sweetheart he drove down from Houston and set up a table in my living room and we did this power powerful Reiki session that was another thing that was like um, everybody just sees the same shit mm-hmm. like uh, I think before like last episode we were talking about how people get psyoped out of self-help shit by you know the common conception always being like oh they're con artists or they say goofy shit or whatever um Mm -hmm. i think a common like kind of misconception or miss uh an ill depiction of like occult practices and sort of spiritual shit is uh the vagueness of it ain't shit been vague in anything that since i left the hospital everything's been like yeah we all saw the same exact thing like Mm -hmm. it's not like well there's different interpretations like no (laughs) 
No, he like did this Reiki session and both of us saw this like gray smoke like leave my gut and kind of dissipate. I was like, holy shit. Damn. That's what's up. Got my chakras all lined. I'm standing up straight. Erica was like, hey. Really? Yeah. She was like, hey, you're taller than me. Which I'm supposed to be, but you know, I'm always slouching like a fucking gorilla. Yeah, me too. I lumber. I lumber around like a bear, you know, and I need to, I've been thinking about my posture. I've been working on that. I got one of those neck adjusters to try to try to fix the posture. I don't know what it is. It just, it's just always felt normal to me and standing up straight always feels weird. It just feels str- like I'm doing, I'm doing it right now as we're talking. You need your chakra It feels aligned. weird. That's what it is. Cause I, I had yeah. mine done and I'm just like. It feels right to stand up straight now. Hmm. Hmm. That's interesting. I wonder if I could find that around here. Probably so. But, um, so what, like, going forward then, how has that affected your life philosophy and shit? Like, what's, what does that mean practically for what, what Kelby does I, in the world? I'm going to have one of the next steps is, um, after a little bit more shamanic healing, uh, got a session with Louise's wife coming up actually, uh, with some ancestral shit, which should hopefully like, I I think I might have something clinging to me just trying to, uh, and the way Louise Same, explained bro. it, yeah. he was like, you could have an ancestor sticking around who loves you too much and just won't fucking leave. And that shit will, crystal- mm. like a spirit attached to you will physically like literally crystallize inside your body and call like you don't you know crystals in your body are not good for you they'll tear you up so uh he was like yeah they need to be they need to be sent on their way and i was like damn yeah i couldn't think of any like family members that might hate me that much to just like cause me turmoil but like ones that just won't go away that i mean maybe yeah Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So and then, That's but yeah, I want to do a, a a hit up Grant about doing a tarot thing because I kind of I want a little bit of clarity of what this next direction is because there there is mm-hmm. something there has to be like like I'm being steered in a new direction uh, or set on a clear path I should say not I think it's the the direction I've always been trying to go in that uh I just need to really know what that is I think uh, I told you like it's weird to to say coming from me at this moment and from like it's nothing I ever thought of before but I think my role in a lot of shit is as like investor producer you know the financier of shit of being the guy who's like oh this needs to be done like I believe in this project I believe in this person let's make this shit happen mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was watching a seminar today because I'm still on my self-help kick and something popped up on Instagram and it said the the five shifts that you have to make to you know make your your, your business pop <clears throat> said free seminar beginning in five minutes I was like all right I'll check it out so I signed up for it 
And the very first thing this dude said seemed like a nice enough guy. The very first thing he said was that you have to, the first shift is to know your purpose. And it's real. he said, to, I'll get to the second thing he said, because the other three tips uh, I'll need to think about because they're a little bit more vague. You know how it goes, bro. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, hey, you want to understand these other three a little bit more? Well, I have a you know thousand dollar an hour consulting gig. Hey, man, good work if you can get it. I'm not hating. That's where I'm trying to be, honestly. But anyway, so the first one, know your purpose. It is really interesting because you were mentioning earlier that the problem that people have with magic and the occult and shit and self-help is that they hear all this woo-woo, whatever, but they don't actually experience it. And a a shift or a change in mindset occurs completely subjectively and completely non-semantically. It's not words. Like the words that I'm saying right now to you, to listeners, they they're either going to get it or not based on their subjective experience in life, right? But the know your purpose thing, I was like, oh, shit. That's something I have genuinely, in 36 years of my life, I've never considered the purpose of what I want to do. I've always just been like, hey, yo, books are tight. I like to write them. I like to do them in this, uh, you know, innocent, naive, wholesome kind of way. I like to write, therefore I should do it. But then I was like, but what is the, what is the purpose? Like writing these cyberpunk books, what's, what's the purpose of it? And I don't think that you have to go as far as saying, well, I want these books to, you know, make people believe in climate change or whatever, because that could get cringe or whatever. Yeah. But the overall goal of what I do and what you do, this is where I think our purposes do dovetail is we talk so much about the state of arts in uh, in today's society. And it's like, maybe our purpose in either small or large ways is to affect a real kind of change. You know what I mean? Because I maintain that a lot of people who are depressed, like depression doesn't necessarily come from being sad. It comes from not feeling connected. Right. anything yeah right and there's a lot of motherfuckers like us who like weird shit and you just don't find it anywhere in the monoculture exactly right now. and if we're financing so, everything if i'm if we're making everything happen then mm-hmm. then we're bringing that to culture on a large scale to people mm-hmm. like i mean we're doing the lord's work basically right there is a a very large subset i would go so far as to say between 10 and 20 percent of all people are not exactly like us in what they enjoy but are like us in the fact that they're wildly dissatisfied with what's on offer culturally right now you know the kind of stories that they really want to see in books or on film the type of writing they want to read you know just doesn't exist so they kind of they they give up and they go to something like social media which is just it's like saying like oh the museum's closed so i guess i'll just hang out at the casino all day you see what i'm saying yeah like well it's why there's, uh, there's just sort of nothing to be done about that it's why podcasts have have boomed so much because it's a friend simulator where they can like it is mm-hmm. it is an art form in it in its own right um and a good broadcaster is as important as a good painter and you know all that shit but 
it's also like, you know, yeah, obviously, I think podcasts are great. Uh, I think that's good that they can find some shit like that. But also, yeah. you, you're like, but I, I do want to watch a good movie, you know? I do, mm-hmm. do want to mm-hmm. read a book that, like, actually, that I enjoy, you know, that came out this year, uh, you know? Right. Right. And it's not just us. And we've seen this, you know, throughout our time as writers, where we'll kind of do something and then you kind of see it ripple out to people who we know and then out to the bigger culture. This isn't ego talking. This is just facts. This is stuff that actually happens. And it made me realize like, oh, shit. So that's kind of a it's kind of a power. And to embrace that, to be like, okay, my purpose is to number one be like write the kind of books that I want to see in the world because then other people who are like me will have something cool to read but then also more along the lines of what you're saying I mean I ran I've started Broken River in 2013 like how many books have I brought into the public arena that like now those are people's favorite authors yeah you see what I'm saying like like it's it's always been baked in I'm not a person who will find success if my number one goal is like getting me to like a number one New York Times bestseller and being like Stephen King or whatever and the author that everybody loves and can't wait for his new book whatever uh, my role is as part of a team right a crew a, you might even say a collective that has the goal of I don't know just bringing the kind of shit we think is cool into the world there's a yeah there's a lot of value in being genuine because there's a lack of it mm-hmm. it's it's cringe to be genuine and we've done a lot of talk about how uh, you need to mask yourself to protect your soul you know and and all of that and sort of putting on a facade and all this but uh yeah no being genuine is like gold like it's just i think there's something to that pure intention it's like what is my purpose it it doesn't really have to be deeper than this shit is cool and there's a lot of people who would enjoy it and help people and your whole thing shifts when you go from i'm doing this for me to I'm doing this for other people. We've talked about this on the show before. Going, getting into having a, a reader mindset where you, a lot of people talk shit about writing for readers. They say, no, art is an ex- expression of your innermost self and it's about you and bringing your vision into reality. And that's all well and good. If that works for you, then go with that. Don't let me stop you. But over the past 15 years, it, it doesn't work for me, right? I'm only going to write if I think people are going to enjoy it and have fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, and I think your best I ideas... I can't remember if I'm like... No, go ahead. Sorry. Bye-bye. I, I think like your best ideas come from an outward source too not this like let me look into the depths of my soul your soul it's coming out of you so it'll like a filter it will carry traces of you but looking inward to find what like the art you want to express 
is uh, I mean, it is very masturbatory, and I don't, I don't think it's gonna go very far. And once you kill the ego, it's like inside of <coughs> express who, what, me, who's me. Mm -hmm. Um, but it it's there like, are there are geniuses who do that too. I mean, like, don't get me wrong, there are geniuses like you know who who have, are completely self-absorbed and make great art. But they're one part of the equation. And what you and I are saying is that we are just, we're, that's not us, right? We're like the facilitators of those dudes. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like we, we make those guys pop off. But then again, I mean, you know, even though David Lynch did abandon his children, he's into transcendental meditation and bringing peace to all beings. And most, most people, I think, benefit from the kind of mindset that we're talking about right now and not the uh not the more self-absorbed crazy one yeah because it takes kind of a you got to go all in if you're going to be that self-absorbed which is just gonna yeah i mean lynch for example doesn't seem to care that much that he's been married so many times and left his kids you know if those are your priorities and you're going to chase that dragon that hard then you know, you'll, you'll keep chasing the dragon. Yeah, obviously, it's mm -hmm. been working for him, but I think a lot, I think most people uh, wouldn't prioritize that shit in that way. No, no, no. And I don't think that, you know, the David Lynch model at the end of the day is really worth it because we have people like Takashi Miike who are clearly team players and know how to delegate and. I mean, I don't know shit about Takashi Miike's family because he's well, probably well, gay. He's gay. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> don't know anything about uh, his secret adopted children, maybe. But. Right, right. Oh, God, I don't... If there's ever, like, a like a thing that came out about Takashi Miike, you would see me go total, uh, you know, fingers in the ears. Like, I don't want to hear it. I'm not... It's like, did you hear that there's this Japanese director who was eating children? And I'm just gonna be like, no, that's not real, dude. That's fake. That's fake. Fake news. Fake news. <laughs> like, no, it's real. They caught him in 4K. And like, wow, you can do a lot of stuff with special effects, you know. And the Illuminati, they just didn't want him. He was too bright of a diamond, so they had to, they had to scuff him up. But uh, oh, so the second thing, you'll you'll find this really interesting. This pertains to you. The second thing is that we as a society prioritize effort. We, we think of people who work really hard as heroic, but effort is not as important as results. That unlocked a lot of shit for me too. Because it's like, if you approach something with the idea that if you just, that like that working hard is the way to get success, then the work itself becomes unnecessarily hard. You see what I'm saying? Because yes. you're, you're, you're trying, yeah. you're trying to fill, you're trying to, you're trying to fill out that checkbox first, so you can say, "I worked hard." Yeah. Let and me what make this is saying hard, is like, so. yeah, this thing is saying like some things do require effort. Writing a seventy thousand word book, you do have to work hard to to get that done. So it's not saying don't work hard, but it's saying don't don't put the cart before the horse like hard work is something that is in service of results 
not an end unto itself. That's been the biggest block for, and you just articulated it in a way that makes me understand and identify what exactly this block is. That's been the, mm. the block in my writing at the moment is like, I think it should be harder than it is. Cause I sit down, the shit comes to me, it flows out and that's it. But I, right. but I think right. it should be hard. I think there should be like an effort to it. And uh, I mean, there just, there just isn't. And the words are with it. And I've even told myself before, I'm like, if you sit down and do it right now, or if you beat your head against the wall over it and then do it at the last minute, it's gonna be the it's gonna be the same fucking words that come out. So like precisely, yep. It doesn't yep. matter. Just do it. I started to find this in my editing gig. So this, this this piece of advice really helped me with my my editing work because I've told you this on the phone a million times, but there are it's getting more and more frequent now that I get um, a book and the way that I fix it just feels suspiciously easy, right? I'm pointing out extremely obvious things, um, not having any real great deep insights that impress me anymore, and it leads to a block on being able to complete editing projects because I think to myself, I haven't worked hard on this at all. Somebody's paying me a thousand dollars to do this, and I'm just not putting in the work. I'm just not. But the res every time I turn one of those in, people are like, "Holy shit, you cracked my book. You fix it." Like it's it's so much better now after these notes. The whole time I'm writing them, I'm thinking like, "Bro, they're gonna see this and they're gonna think that I just didn't work hard enough, or that I don't care, or that I was bullshitting, or whatever." But it's because I'm thinking that I need to have that effort. And for some things you just kind of don't. I mean, how much effort does a professional baseball player have to put into hitting a ball? Not as much as me. Yeah, especially when you're, yeah, when you're in your role, when you're doing what the thing that you do, it is supposed to be a little bit more effortless. Like, it's not as hard. That's what you do. That's what you were put here to do. I'm not saying necessarily edit books, but that's one of the things that like you just do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And like writing is that's. I mean, it's what I fucking do. It seems like I should be breaking my back. You know, I've got such a long background in construction and lifting heavy shit and working thirty-hour stretches. That I'm like. Nah, work work means hard. Work means, you know, suffering. It's like, no, it just means results. Nobody gives a fuck. Right, right. Yeah, if you were able to have, you know, cyber arms and, like, gorilla arms from Cyberpunk, and you're just, like, doing an entire house by yourself, you got it done in a day. If it's a good house, it's a good house. So nobody's going to be like, wait a minute. Yeah. I'm not sure I should pay you. The, That's a total. That is a total nine to five, forty hour work week, bullshit way of thinking. It's the way corporations think, right? It's like, well, because I've always thought, why don't jobs at the, on Monday they give you a list of tasks, and then you get them done. And if you get them done and they're good, then you're good. Then you're done working. I've always thought the same uh, thing. Yeah, like here's the week, and, and it's not ridiculous. It's not like. 
oh, I'm going to try to cram a month's worth into this. This fool ain't going to get this shit done. It's like, no, a, mm-hmm. a, a good in a week, you know, that's just the rough gauge of this is what we want done by this time. If you get it done mm-hmm. in one day, then you're just that motherfucker. Yeah, you're, and then you're done. But the corporate mindset is that they are, they're not paying you for results. They, they are literally paying you for time. They're paying you hourly. So if you got time to lean, you got time to clean. Well, motherfucker, when I worked at the hot dog place, they used to say that to me all the time. I'd be like, this place is spotless. There is nothing left to do. Now, there will be something left to do in a couple hours because we'll get customers and I'll have to clean again. And But right now, no customers. Everything's perfect. Everything's prepped. We're good. But they would just be like, but, but I'm paying you. I'd be like, not very much, like two dollars and twenty five cents an hour. Yeah. So yeah, that <laughs> is the that is the trap because they are they're just paying for your time. I don't I don't mm. want to ever put my time up for sale again. Like, no, you don't get to buy my time. You can buy my service, or you can buy my it's product. It's a total shift. But you're it's not. It's a total shift when I when I'm trying to figure out the pricing for my editing gigs. I do break it down uh, by hours. Sometimes I'm like, oh, this will probably take me like 10 hours to do. I want to make 50 bucks an hour, so 500 bucks. But this, this has created a shift in my mind where I say, well, no, what's the, I'm going to start pricing it based on the value that the customer gets from the service. Right. Right. So that's what people who install pools are doing. It's materials, labor, but then what the, the final charge, what the big, the big boy cut of it is it's that value how bad do you want a pool <laughs> yeah. if, you, if you want the pool if you want a nice pool i can i can make that happen for you but it's going to cost this much and then of course you know as the boss then it becomes this if you had like if you're paying lit for labor you kind of do want to finish it within a timetable so that it's worth your time but as independent people it's like no i mean you know yeah this might take me 10 hours but I'm going to give you a result that you are going that like what is completing your book and having it ready to go out to agents or be self-published what's that worth to you is it worth a thousand dollars no well then i mean you might not be serious then yeah i I guess you don't think it's going to sell that many copies because yeah if you're being like that's been my uh, thing with uh, clients recently it's worked out really well too because I started charging what I think the value of the project is worth and I do lose a few people you get a few angry emails like that's ridiculous that's expensive and I'm like well I mean but do you I mean you have a problem you want me to solve it but clearly you you don't you just want to I guess put it out in its current state which is frankly it's not ready so I mean serious people pay serious money and I've seen that across all socioeconomic backgrounds. There's a guy right now who's like, uh, hey, I, you know, he's like, I'm a social worker and I've, I've saved, you know, $2,000 to get this done. And I'm not gonna charge him $2,000 because I'm, I don't just like, I don't think that's right, but it is about a $1,000 job, right? And he's willing to pay for it. Motherfucker, he saved. He wants it. He wants a result, and he's willing to pay for it. And those are the kind of people I want to fuck with now. I don't want to. 
I don't want the, the, the you know, squib squabbling or over, what am I trying to say? I don't want people to, to be too money focused with the whole thing. Yeah, I think there's a kind of magic to not, not really looking at the class structure of anything or focusing on the money too hard of just being like, well, this person, I don't think they got a lot of, you know, a lot of money. I'm going to cut them a break. It's like, no, nah, don't insult them like that. But also just don't <laughs> really think about it. If they're, I mean, the people who are going to pay for it, they're going to pay for it. And those are the people mm -hmm. that the universe is going to send through your doors. So it doesn't mean just a bunch of rich people. It just, it means some of those people. It's like, I saved up for this. Like, this is what I believe in. Because at the same time, I'm thinking like, me right i get a windfall of something and something like that i believe in i want to put money behind but people are going oh no i got you i got you bro it's all good like i'll do i'll do this for free i'm like i don't want you to do it for free because then you're gonna half-ass it like let me pay you motherfucker there's a reason why you pay for tarot readings it's it's not just to pay the tarot reader Whenever I, uh, I used to read it more often. And one time it was Rios' birthday and they asked me to bust out the tarot set. And I wouldn't read anybody's shit unless they paid me something. It could be a quarter. But money is just energy, dude. And it has, it has to flow. And I think that giving, you know, like doing shit f for free, it's, um, there was a there was a line I was listening to a podcast about uh, Vajrayana. Rev put me on game to the Vajrayana sh shit, and the guest Ken McLeod, who he wrote that book, The Magic of Vajrayana, that uh, that Brian posted in the chat. Oh uh, yeah. But anyway, he was talking about this um, the way some cultures view, um, you know, the kind of the the this cycling of economic energy. He was talking about how this woman knew that there was, uh, it was time to, you know, feed crows or whatever. So she went out and just added that into her day. And it was like a magical ritual, but it was also just part of her day. And then he talks about this guy who um, was going out hunting. He was a white dude who was living with this tribe. He didn't catch shit. And, you know, somebody came by and gave him excess meat. And the dude was like, oh shit, well you know, I'll get you back or this, that or whatever. And the dude who gave him the meat was, was like offended. He's like, this is not a gift. He said, gifts make slaves. Mm. I was like, Ooh, 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 that's bars. Yeah. You know, like you're not doing anybody any favors by giving them a gift. If somebody's hungry, you feed them. That's not a gift. That's your obligation. Listen to the rest of this lovely conversation, plus gain full access to the archives, bonus episodes, read serialized novels on Yugen Junk Weekly, and gain access to the Agitator Discord over on Agitator Z. That's the $5 a month Agitator Z tier on patreon.com slash agitator.